0: Before we begin this week's episode, I would like to take a moment to offer a heartfelt apology. In my editing last week, one of the many, many, many vulgarities that spew from Anthony every week slipped under my radar. I apologize if there were any young ears who heard the real voice that Anthony has to offer. I can assure you that you will not have that again.
1: Hey, Tom off okay people tomorrow morning 10 a.m santa's coming to
0: town oh my god would you please
1: tell him that instead
0: of
2: presents this year i just want my family back
0: rudolph with your
2: nose so bright won't you guide my sleigh tonight
0: it must be magic
1: I must find some way to keep
0: Christmas from coming. Nobody's walking out on this fun, old-fashioned family Christmas. Isn't there anyone who knows what Christmas is all about? True, Charlie Brown. I can tell you what Christmas is all about. Seeing isn't believing. Believing is seeing.
1: Best way to spread Christmas cheer is singing loud for
0: all to hear. Welcome back to another week of Tis the Podcast, the podcast that is determined to keep the Christmas spirit alive as we roll right into these burr months. I'm Tom. I'm Julia. I'm Anthony. Hello, 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 friends. How are we doing today?
1: Sad. Sad. The Queen died.
0: Sad. 40 years later and the Smiths were finally right. (laughs) What? (laughs) What song is that The Queen is Dead. Oh, that one. Now we have a king.
1: That's sad, no, and not, I see, yet.
0: not yet. Well, well, they're
1: already calling him king. And I find it funny, all this news people like tripping over themselves, calling him Prince King. <laughs> <laughs>
0: right. I mean, our entire lives, he's been Prince Charles. Yeah. Yep.
1: Our really entire life, funny. we've had a queen. And now it she's is gone. Funny. 52.
0: The year that she this the year that she ascended the throne is the year that the polio vaccine was first tested on humans, and the year that Mr. Potato Head was introduced.
1: Harry Truman, well, no, Harry Truman was the first president she met. Eisenhower was the first president. With, was Eisenhower was in
0: fifty-two. I saw a picture of her greeting the first prime minister that she greeted, and in the background you could see none other than oh crap, what's his name? Why am I drawing a blank?
1: Winston Churchill was the first prime yeah, minister. Yeah, Churchill.
0: Yeah, uh, well, she was meeting, she was meeting, I don't know that she, he wasn't pr- Prime Minister in 52, was he?
1: Mm, I think he was Prime Minister again in 52.
0: Okay, you're right. Yeah, because uh, he was defeated in 45 and then came back in 51 because the Brits love to vote people out and then vote them back in and vote them out again.
1: That's <laughs> what I'm afraid is going to happen here.
0: No way. Um, no.
1: Do you guys watch The Crown? no
2: i haven't yet it's on my list though
1: it's a great show john lithgow plays winston churchill they're just perfect but i mean like that guy was a character man like having his cabinet meetings in the bathtub and everything (laughs) everything like that one of my favorite tweets i saw today that actually made me laugh was somebody posted a clip from the office you know during Dwight's fire drill where Michael's like oh my god it's happening somebody posted that little bit was like the crown writers right now trying to figure out how to end the series this season and it's like oh my god it's happening
2: (laughs) I mean she's on it not she obviously but her in present age is that the season it's caught up to
1: well, they're shooting right now with like will they just cast Kate Middleton. So yeah, they're getting close. So I guess okay. they'll be able to finish it with her life yeah. and spend her whole life. Yeah. Which as a TV enthusiast, I'm glad they will have a full story. Like I loved the dropout on Hulu, but they should have waited for her trial and conviction before making it. <laughs> but she had 15 prime ministers. Winston Churchill, born in 1874. Liz Truss, born in 1975. So they spanned 100 years.
2: That's a lot of diplomacy. She has She's had more diplomacy in her life than anyone. She's else met there.
1: every U.S. president since Truman except for Lyndon Johnson. Um, That's just but, a timing thing? I think so. But many people credit her for building that strong relationship with the U.S. Yeah. because Winston Churchill gave her the advice, never leave more than an inch between yourself and the u.s president so he was the one who was pushed for that special relationship so we'll see how that continues we'll see if i mean we'll see how long the monarchy continues right because no one really has love for charles Uh -uh. he'll have his honeymoon period where he kind of benefits like people rallying around him at first but i'd be curious like a year down the line to see what people's opinions are of the monarchy with him in charge
0: Uh, There's nobody good to take over the monarchy anymore.
1: I agree. I am not a monarchist or a royalist. I've never been, but I've always liked the queen. And um, it affected me when I heard the news today. But yeah, so to all of our English and Commonwealth friends and listeners, our hearts are with you. We are also in mourning because she was the queen to everyone. We've never known a life without the queen of England, so... One of a kind. There would never be another one like her.
0: Yeah. I don't think any of our parents have ever known life without the Queen of England.
1: No. Most of our, most grandparents probably only have cognizant memories of the Queen, even if they were alive before she took the throne, which most were. But yeah.
0: Yeah, my grandma was 39. She remembers her, her coronation.
1: But Sarah's nan is like the same exact age and everything. Like the Queen is like her role model growing up like she does her hair like they like so i'm sure she's very sad today.
0: i was disappointed to see the lines of succession did not include me anywhere
1: do you think charles uh feels guilty for all the times he probably sung in the shower over the years oh i just can't wait to be kid.
0: <laughs> oh man it happened so quickly though this morning i saw i saw that everybody was rushing to her side the breaking news there wasn't even a story yet that they had she was they went from she was on med, she was like the, the the medical staff was monitoring her to everybody was called to her, her bedside. I went on a call for work, and while I'm on it, Christine texted me that she passed.
1: Well, she had been sick for a year, in fairness.
0: But this, I guess it like progressed pretty quickly. But we knew something was wrong the other day.
1: Yeah, she, she looked, looked very bigger. thin and very old when she was she meeting with Trust.
0: Yes, she wasn't gonna be there for her swearing in, but she did meet her.
1: How cool was it though that? Like right around the moment she died, the rainbow that like appeared over Buckingham Palace and Windsor Castle and Balmoral, like all three of those places, right around the minute she died, like come on, that was amazing.
0: That's insane.
1: Yep. So rest in peace, Lily Bet. That was what he called her, right? Philip called her Lily Bet. At least she's with her corgis and with Philip again. So
0: dogs don't go to heaven
1: shut your mouth i saw a movie in the 90s that literally (laughs) says differently in its title
0: uh no i don't have a theology around animals i just can't imagine them not they were created before before the fall i can't imagine them not being existing after you death
1: in more frustrating news today was disney plus day and this upcoming weekend when we're recording is d23 now, Disney Plus Day, they're supposed to reveal all their news for upcoming stuff on the streaming service. So everyone was saying we would get the full-length trailer for Hocus Pocus and a teaser for the Santa Claus and a poster for that. And they so released we nothing we for anything.
0: Yeah, we got nothing.
1: Zip. So I assume it's coming this weekend for D23. But who knows at this point? Who knows? But it's annoying it's annoying. And by the way, y'all, Pinocchio was god-awful. No! They, I mean, you the review, Rotten Tomatoes has at 30%, and we know that doesn't mean anything, but they completely botched, especially the second half of the movie. Tom Hanks oh. is obviously incredible, as Geppetto. But in terms of story and stuff...
0: How do you mess up the story <laughs> of Pinocchio? Everybody knows the story.
1: And it's weird because this movie started out as it was going to go theatrical. And then they were like, no, we're moving into Disney Plus. And you can almost tell halfway through where they stopped putting in theatrical effects into that movie.
2: Do you like Pinocchio, though? No. Like, were you a fan of Pinocchio?
1: N- no. I hate Maybe Pinocchio. Me, I never liked it. But I also hated, hate, controversial to say, the animated Jungle Book. I hate that movie that
2: is controversial i love but it. I the
1: 2016 live action one um, yeah, be... is still like my favorite live action
0: <laughs> on
1: <laughs> disney has done so i was going in with an open mind
0: there based are on iconic that. parts of pinocchio that i love i didn't realize how much i didn't like it until i watched it with ellie and uh not just because it didn't age well it's really a boring movie yeah And the only stuff I like is I really like Jiminy Cricket.
2: Yeah, Jiminy Cricket. Sweet.
1: I'll go a step further, Tom. And I know this is going to be controversial to Julia, too. All those early movies from Disney are boring.
0: You don't like Snow White or Cinderella?
2: I don't like Snow White. No. Oh, you don't like Cinderella? I love Cinderella.
1: No, but Cinderella is where it starts to turn because Cinderella was the 50s, right? And I think angry. 101 Dalmatians came out not long after that. I don't like Bambi.
2: I don't like Bambi. I don't like Dumbo.
1: Dumbo just Dumbo's made me just cry.
0: Sad. Yeah, it was just sad. And yeah.
1: r- kind of racist in retrospect.
0: <laughs> I mean, wrought with child argument. Walt Disney wasn't uh, wasn't a lover of of minorities.
1: No, he was mm-hmm. not. So no, I like
2: Cinderella and Sleeping Beauty and pretty much everything after. But I don't like Snow White. You don't like, I don't like Fantasia? Oh, I love Fantasia.
1: I like certain skits, there segments of Fantasia. Like, I love.
2: Which ones do you not like?
1: I love Sorcerer Mickey.
2: Which ones do you not like?
1: I love the pink elephants.
2: Not like.
1: I love Chernobyl. my
2: gosh you don't even know which ones you don't like the
1: rest
0: pretty much
2: you don't like the tchaikovsky with the fairies on the ice and
0: no (sighs) i really swine i really (laughs) don't like the hippo the hippo alligator scene
2: the music is so good i like all of them i
1: mean mickey with the broomsticks
0: that's awesome
2: yeah sorcerer's apprentice i played that
0: i played that too
1: that piece is so much fun to play
0: what was the one with the dinosaurs uh, what was
2: dinosaurs right of spring that one would be the most boring one but like yeah that one.
1: all i'm saying is Chernobog wasn't evil all he wanted to do was wake up on halloween through a killer halloween party and he's labeled a villain like come on man.
2: who's Chernobog
1: the big guy so who comes out of the, the mo- mountain yeah
2: uh, I didn't know he had a name. That's a really good piece, too. Yeah, and uh, Hallmark, of Spring and Hallmark has
1: a of Spring. killer Chernobog ornament this year.
0: Is that the one where they had Ave Maria playing?
2: Ave Maria is at the end of the Chernobog part demon blah 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 and then at the end it ends with ave maria and that beautiful animation with just the lights and how they stretch into what looks like a cathedral and it's so pretty
1: actually that's a good question for you guys do you consider because it's on certain albums ave maria a christmas song because i I only associate it with weddings and funerals honestly it's not christmas and it is on
0: lots of christmas albums but it's not Christmas. today is a wonderful day to listen to ave maria it is the nativity of the virgin mary today the birthday of the mother of god uh i want to talk about a little bit of tv y'all
1: let's talk some tv
0: i won't go too long into this one because anthony and are going to start doing uh we're going to soon record uh, and start talking sopranos on patreon that show's amazing
1: yeah it is it was that first real like prestige show right before everything started being prestige
0: Hmm. I don't understand a lot of the randomness they throw in and the things they have for no reason. But other than that, it's a cool show. Are y'all watching House of Dragon or Ring of Power?
1: House of Dragon, yes.
0: Okay, first thing I want to say, if you have a problem with the fact that there are brown people and black people in these shows, please stop listening to our podcast. We don't like racists. It does nothing to the story at all to have minority actors. Second of all, I freaking enjoy both of these a great deal. I know. Believe me, I understand. I know. But Tom, are
1: you saying you know better? Are you saying you know better than Elon Musk because he said Tolkien is rolling in his grave based on what they did to his world and Ring of Power?
0: Well, I and Neil so-
2: Gaiman's response to that was amazing. One of the most perfect responses <laughs> to ever go down.
0: I don't know what it is. I ignore Elon Musk.
2: Do you know it? How Neil Gaiman responded to that? No his response was Elon Musk doesn't come for me for advice on how to fail to buy Twitter. And I don't go to him for film TV or literature criticism. (laughs) (laughs) And if you put those two in a ring, you put anybody in a ring with Neil
0: Gaiman and guess who's going to win. Yeah. All the time.
1: I love Neil Gaiman.
0: Well, I mean, the problem, if you want to have a problem with it, have problems with the fact that like, when we're seeing the elves at the beginning, like they're not following the elf aesthetic that Tolkien would have created, there would have been no bullying. In pre Middle Earth Elven culture, among children, the way that happened. Um, mm-hmm. I have a friend who stopped watching the show because of the whole like ships looking up. She's like, "No ships go forward and backwards. They don't look up. This is a stupid analogy." And she was out.
2: <laughs> I like it. I am thoroughly enjoying
0: it. I am too. It's beautiful. Mm-hmm. Um, people are upset that the that the stranger that appeared may be Gandalf, and it would break canon. But you know good visual storytelling and it's, what i see is the number of people out there who are going to read the silmarillion it's not great it's not a huge number people aren't going to flock, aren't flocking to buy the silmarillion and the children of Huron. and, and frankly
1: people. amazon needs the amount of money they invested in it <laughs> they just need the biggest audience they don't need to adhere to tolkien mythology exactly because if they don't get that audience they will go bankrupt and lose their studios i was reading
2: Wow. I just need him to tell me a good story. And they're telling and they're a good story.
0: It. They're doing a really yeah. good job. I'll
1: yeah. watch it eventually. I've said before on the show, I'm not a huge Lord of the Rings fan.
0: Yeah. Um, I think i will like it more than Lord of the Rings. It's a faster pace. I mean, uh, he needed House an of editor. Dragon, House of Dragon. Unbelievably done.
1: Did you say dumb? Done. Oh, I was about to say those are fighting words. Yes, it's unbelievably done.
0: I love how little the show depends on dialogue.
1: Yep. And I know Game of Thrones only ended two years ago, but the effects, the way, how much they've improved, those dragons look spectacular. And it's just all the old musical cues and stuff that they're still using, like, uh, makes me so excited. Gives me all the nostalgia for the original Game of Thrones. (laughs) But speaking of Neil Gaiman, The Sandman was also very well done on Netflix.
2: Haven't watched it yet. I'm rereading it before I watch
1: it. I mean, it's very loyal. I'll give it that. Well,
2: so there's this whole backstory behind why it's taken this long to get a film adaptation of it. And it's because Gaiman wasn't Willing to let anything else that wasn't a loyal adaptation hit the screen.
1: He even I'm purposely sure, a- sunk a script that was going into production. Yeah, I saw yeah. that.
0: Should have been a little more uh, concerned about American Gods. I love that. And I don't like American Gods. I love the book. I don't like oh. the movie, uh, the show. I don't understand why Dead Wife became an important character. She had nothing to do in the book whatsoever. Wait, Plus- you
2: were watching something that you really were enjoying with I martin was. sheen and was that american gods no martin I, sheen and the old doctor who tenant what was that you remember where one's an angel and one's a demon oh no that's
1: good omens oh
0: the, Good uh, Omens. that's the other guy that's guyman and pratchett i gotcha no uh they, they they just take a lot of these liberties with characters in american gods that i think are that 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 tell a worse story if they had built the story around dead wife better, but they not to mention
1: worse. stars does not lean into the weird visuals that book gives us, which the boys have proven they can do.
0: Holy cow! Don't even get me started on the
1: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'll the
0: all o-
2: scared me from watching
1: the that. opening <laughs> scene in American Gods in the book where he's having. Uh, intercourse with the god of sex and gets eaten by her vagina. Yes, Jeez. the boys. The boys would have done that screen accurate and showed everything
0: like they did Ant Man.
1: And all I, and all I can think of is that a uh,
0: Big yeah, Bang Theory
1: episode we covered last week, where Amy's like, "Sheldon, I promise it doesn't look like that all the time."
0: <laughs> I'm finishing the I'm finishing the boys next week
1: so good such a good show
0: homelander is i'm not even gonna say anything i just the guy who's playing homelander is doing really well
1: i'm excited because they cast jeffrey dean morgan to join the show next year and i love jeffrey dean morgan i'm not sure they didn't say they didn't say but
0: surely they can't make him a good guy (laughs) (laughs) although it would be awesome to see him play a good guy after playing egan
1: it would be i have some trivia maybe for both of you but definitely julia I don't, I think you guys are fans of the Adams family, right? The movie.
0: Yes. With Christina Ricci? Yes. Yes.
1: Okay. So I like the first one. I love the second one. Adam Family Values? Yeah. I hate the plot point in the first one where it's fake Fester, but then he turns out to be real Fester in the end and nobody knew it. And yeah. Okay. But do you know what the original script was? it was supposed to not be fester at all they was supposed to just be gordon who has a change of heart at the end and the adams like adopt him because he fits in with them but christina ricci on set convinced him to change it she said it has to be fester audiences aren't gonna like it you need uncle fester in the movie the real uncle fester yeah. so christina ricci at 10 years old or whatever who got the director to change it. The director was like, hold on one minute. And they went to Christopher Lloyd and asked, what do you think? Should it be fake Fester or real Fester in the end? And Christopher Lloyd said, eh, I don't care either way. So they went with, <laughs> they, they went with uh, <laughs> Christina Ricci. But that's why when you're watching the first film, it's like comes out of nowhere. That it's actually real Fester in the end when they don't like, and because they just added it last minute. And that always bothered me that because they never built up to that at all, even though uh-uh. it could only be Fester. But like, right. I don't know. That first movie annoys me with that whole plot. I love the second one with Joan Cusack. That and mm-hmm. the, the whole Thanksgiving pageant. <laughs> but yeah, Christina Ricci, ten years old, script doctor. Well done.
2: Good for her. You've got to have Fester.
1: I've and then that's got to end up on our list one year. Not even at Halloween, because it starts out at Christmas.
2: I mm, thought we covered that.
1: No, we covered the 60s show.
0: Ah. You know what we're covering tonight?
1: Sadly, I do.
0: <laughs> um, I have to give you Christine's opinion of this one, because she told me, she made me promise that I would. Tonight, we are covering the 2006 classic holiday masterpiece, Unaccompanied Minors. This was 2006.
1: Couldn't you tell by the cast?
0: That's oh, not...
2: I thought we were, I thought it was like 98 or something.
1: Yeah. Not even, that's not even the weirdest part about this movie.
0: The most shocking part of this movie is the director. When we get to that. I know It had a very, it had a classic nineties look to it. It did. Like it yeah, looked it like did. a classic good nineties movie. Like. Mm -hmm. The feel-good vibes of Home Alone meets Airport Travel.
1: You are mm -hmm. just saying words now to piss me off. And I will say (laughs) it had more of a classic 2005 through 2008 feel, Hallmark, Pete's Christmas movie feel to it than than
0: a theatrical 90s. All right. So uh, real quick, before we jump into histories, I will give a plot synopsis. A group of kids find themselves stuck in an airport on Christmas Eve in a blittle of a blizzard. The airport is woefully ill-equipped for these children and locked them into a room. Certain precocious children want to make their way out and experience Christmas in a more festive way. They get caught and are suddenly on lockdown as prisoners.
1: And for some reason, Lewis Black has been blackmailed into being in this movie.
0: Uh, This cast, the cast is pretty incredible. We're going to spend some time on the cast. Um, You know, I don't hate this movie. I've seen it a few times. If it's on TV, I'll watch it. Uh, It's not bad. Now, Christine said that I have to tell everybody that she hates this movie and never wants to see it on her television again.
1: I'll just piggyback off there and end on a more positive note, when let Julia go. I agree with Christine. Me and her are copacetic for once, Tom. Tell her that. <laughs> and tell her, this is my second time seeing it. I, saw, I had the misfortune of seeing this in theaters. And I remember loathing it. This is one of the only films I ever came close to walking out of. But I suffered through and told myself, never again. And then a few weeks ago, it was on sale in Voodoo for like 3 $4. I was like... Maybe I'm misremembering it. We've covered so much crap on Tis the Podcast that maybe this will turn into a Christmas classic. But no, this movie made me as pissed as I was watching Ernest Saves Christmas. This movie is dumb. It's loud. It's poorly acted. It's poorly directed. It is a miserable less than 90 minutes And those are 90 minutes I will never get back. And now, forevermore, this movie is going to be sitting in my voodoo. And I'll forevermore have to explain to everyone who scrolls through my voodoo why I own this piece of garbage.
0: You have a lot worse stuff in there, man.
1: No, (laughs) I do not. This makes Deck the Halls look like an Oscar winning movie. We haven't covered something this bad in God knows how long. I can't even remember. This may be the worst thing we've covered this year. This year, I'm not saying in you know, all five years, but this year, I'd have to go back and look. But this may be the worst. It was awful. Well, awful. Oh. And we'll get to the cast and crew. I don't know how it could be so awful because there are talented people involved in this. I like to think whoever funded this movie, I don't know, it was a bad joke. They were green. They greenlit it while drunk and then had to blackmail people to be in it i don't know we'll get into that but julia why don't you go a little positive here for the listeners
2: um so this is one of those movies i was always aware of but had never seen um so saw it for the first time yesterday and really didn't enjoy it um until about the last 20 minutes And this movie, if it does anything, is it really sticks a landing. It has no right even attempting to stick. Um, So the last, uh, the ending made the preceding minutes of which this movie feels much longer than it actually is worth it to me. Not adding it to my canon, but it was one of those where I ended up and you know what? I was like, okay, all right. That wasn't a complete waste of my time.
1: Can I follow up a question with you? Sure. Because you thought Home Sweet Home Alone had a decent ending too, but you hated that movie. Which one did you like better? I
2: liked this better. I liked this better because there were, I thought this was a 90s movie. Like until this very moment, right? When you said it was 2006, I thought it was a 90s movie. So there are parts of this movie that feel like movies I enjoyed, bad movies I enjoyed in the 90s because I was a kid, Of the 90s right and so there was a a nostalgia about it that was just built in by me thinking that's when the movie came out so that's where it gets the edge Um, home sweet home alone didn't have that
0: now anthony you talked about the director so i'll start there paul fig directed this a legend but comedy legend are you forgetting are you forgetting that he directed last christmas
1: i would watch last christmas every day over this film I,
0: I know but you were you were like you were acting like our our expectations of him should be high granted you know we've covered him like you said we've covered him he's done freaks and geeks speaking again of Edie falco he did nurse jackie the office uh, the office he did some parks and rec he did the reboot of, of ghostbusters which started another which brought the franchise back the arrested uh, development
1: Mm-hmm.
0: He is a Brides, bridesmaids. I mean, and then he direct, He was the producer, and we didn't talk about this when we covered it, but he was the producer of Zoe's Extraordinary Playlist Christmas episode. Yeah. Um, he's he also did, a producer
1: uh, of the show Minx on HBO Max, which I love.
0: Um, so he's had some good stuff, but I can't say I'm surprised he did something that we wouldn't like uh, after last Christmas.
1: Oh, he also produced a penis movie, the 2015 version that I really loved. Um, fair, but I would not put last Christmas even in the same league
0: as this. But if I remember, you gave it a really low rating, like sub three.
1: That tells you exactly how low this one's gonna be, right?
0: So, anyway, yeah. Um, our writers one first writer up is Jacob Mizaros, who is most famously known as one of the early writers of The Simpsons, and um aside from this hasn't done a whole lot since
1: we should note that the script was based on a I don't know if it's a short story or a book called written by Susan Burton entitled in the event of an emergency put your sister in an upright position I can only imagine the book has to be better than this because we don't get all this obnoxious screaming or Lewis black some Bearable voice, but
0: I am a big Lewis Black fan. We'll talk about that I, later.
1: I am too, but I do not like enjoy his, listening to his voice.
0: I listen to his comedy a lot, and I he, he
1: he's like, hilarious. It's we'll get we'll to him, but
0: yeah, this movie is also written by, co-written by Maya Stark, and this is the only thing she's given writer credit for. She was also an actress on shows like The New Leave It to Beaver. She did some stuff on Growing Pains, The Wonder Years.
1: Oh, the what? What the Leave It to Beaver? You mean the Disney movie the, from the 90s? No,
0: the TV show, The New Leave It to Beaver. Oh, I didn't even know there series. was one. It was the, in the early to mid 80s. It was a magical time called the 80s, to quote um, Bluey. All right, let's jump into our cast. Um, what? Let's just start where you did. Let's just kick off with the one of my favorite comedians, Lewis Black. The guy sounds every time I listen to him, he sounds like he's on the verge of a heart attack. Yes,
1: he does. The voice grates on me, but I think I love this guy. I think he's hilarious. He's- he was a perfect voice for anger and inside out. He's oh. I have I have a an anger toy, I guess you'd call it on my desk at work, which uh, that's shocking. They, they bestowed upon <laughs> co-workers bestowed upon me if you want to see how I get at work. <laughs> oh gosh. Uh, and I also like him
0: for his uh, politics. He's an ambassador for voting rights. He's a yeah. He has yeah, and his like I said, his his humor gets me every time. He did a very what, controversial- what I like about his
1: humor, Tom, is that he does nothing is off limits for him. No religion, yeah. no political party, no uh, you know race. It's all up for grabs, and yeah. I like I like that about
0: comedians. He did a really interesting role on me um, on SVU. Probably. Maybe.
1: Everyone's on SVU.
0: Yeah, no, he played a, he did a really um, controversial role on SVU where he took on a, an awful character just to, you know, I mean, as he does in his comedy, he shines a magnifying glass on what's wrong with society.
1: Um, um, I just recently watched funny... him on the Big Bang Theory. He played a retiring professor. At the university, who thought Sheldon and Howard were both idiots. <laughs> <laughs>
0: uh he was on he was the voice of Zorak on the Brack Show. If y'all watch the Brack Show from Space Ghost, Coast Brack. Coast. Uh, he was at an episode of, Mon- of Mad About You. He was the voice of Norbert in the happy elf. He was well, so in, we'll probably cover him again. Harvey Birdman, attorney at law. Like you said, the Big Bang Theory recurring role on Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, the early 20 uh, or 2012 to 2014 series.
1: Oh, he did the voice of Santa Claus in Camp Coral, SpongeBob's Under Years, which is a preschool prequel to SpongeBob. So he played Santa on that. Oh, my gosh. So he's done. I stand corrected. He also played Santa Claus on SpongeBob proper. So there you go. Do you think, <laughs> are
0: you a fan of Lewis Black, Julia?
2: Um, I haven't listened to his comedy. So, really, I know him for anger, which anger is one of my favorite emotions in that movie. So, that's great. He is awful in this. Really, really bad.
1: Uh, I'm telling you, he lost a bet, or this is a favor for a friend or something. He phoned it in.
2: Well, and the script is just bad.
1: Oh, I know. So, but, like, I don't he know wasn't he's supposed to
2: do
0: that. But,
1: but he wasn't even trying to elevate it.
0: Yeah. Our main child that we're following in this Spencer Davenport is played by Dylan Christopher. Dylan Christopher has been in a few things back in the starting in the 90s. He was in Murphy Brown with a recurring role. He did a few other shows where he had walk on cameos like Days of Our Lives, Chicago Hope, Love Stinks, ER, the Andy Dick show. He was in the movie Sea Biscuit. He was on the Bernie Mac show, in the TV show Medium. Like I said, he was in this. He had a, an episode on The Middle, and his last acting credit was Glee in 2013. Did he retire? No, it's just like
2: Jesse Eisenberg.
0: Uh, I thought it was Jesse Eisenberg and had to look it up. So did we. <laughs> so did we. What IMDB has to say about him is that he can, he continues to develop his acting skills audition for film and TV, work on independent project, and further his education while playing on a West Coast Quidditch team. (laughs) (laughs) Okay.
1: I He's continuing to hone his acting skills since 2013.
2: He is entirely allowed to make himself better. Yeah, he
1: is, but he come on. He hasn't auditioned to Ghani, even like a guest role. He's like, this is like turning into Penny from the Big Bang Theory here.
2: Maybe he's selective.
1: Dylan Christopher, if you're listening to this, (laughs) because you may be the type to Google your name from your movies back in the day, I'd love to interview you on patreon well,
0: i'm sure after what you've had to say about it i'm sure he's going to jump at that opportunity yeah. i would love lock- to talk
1: i would love to talk quidditch with him
0: and by the way let- <laughs>
1: i would like to talk Quidditch with him because i went to the quidditch world cup in new york when i was hosted here uh and it is the weirdest thing you will ever experience when halfway through the game a guy in tight yellow shorts and balls dangling from like his pants runs onto the field for, like people to chase after and try to get that snitch. it's the weirdest thing
2: anyways she didn't know where that was going
1: <laughs> um I just wanted to say speaking of Dylan Christopher and not I actually wouldn't even say it, it applies to him because he was one of the more tolerable actors in this movie Whew. I know a lot of these kid actors went on to have careers but oy they this is not in my pyramid of child
0: actors this movie has featured some bad ones man one of the not bad actors was tyler james williams who played charlie goldfinch and is i am loving him in the tv series abbott elementary right now yes we just finished season one that show is so funny it's so
2: good show so good and i love him everybody hates chris
0: everybody hates chris he started out on sesame street
1: I know did him from rec- The Walking Dead.
0: Did a recurring mm-hmm. role on Saturday Night Live. He too was on SVU. You're right. He was on. He was as Noah. The Walking Dead as Noah.
1: A zombie his face in the revolving doors.
2: That one hurt me. Okay. You know, like there's a lot of death in The Walking Dead, but that one would like affected me greatly because I was a big fan of his.
0: He was. Yeah. He had a recurring role on Criminal Minds Beyond Borders. And whiskey cavalier and like we said he is now in abbott elementary which if you have not seen the season the first season you should i have not oh watch it it's good you're gonna like it anthony it's got a yeah it, it's in the vein of the office parks and rec but it's it's teachers at a title one school
2: you're really gonna love one of them because she's like babe italian she is a babe.
0: But she's,
1: <laughs> I, I felt she's like New New York Julia Italian. was trying to like say like because you're a pervert and she's a babe and <laughs> um. No, I will say about Tyler James Williams, he was my favorite in this movie. Yeah, me too. Because I have the thing like Manny. I love Manny in a Modern Family. I just have a thing for the uh, kid acting like an adult and being like super losery. So I really like he did that well in this movie.
0: <laughs> the love interest of Spencer or the developing budding love interest is Grace Conrad played by Gia Mantegna. And she had a longtime role on The Middle. She played Axel's girlfriend. Oh, OK. For quite a while. She was in 13 going on 30.
1: Love, that, love movie. that movie.
0: That movie was so good. The sea, she was in the TV show The Secret Life of an American Teenager. Gigantic. She was on Under the Dome. Like I said, she was in the middle. She was on Criminal Minds.
1: I loved that show. Minders. I was sad that show got canceled.
0: What show? Under Criminal the Minds? Do-
1: Under the Dome.
0: Oh.
2: I mean, it almost wrapped the book.
0: It did. But not loved, the same way. I loved Criminal Actual. Minds when uh, Mandy Patinkin was in it.
2: I like Mindy Patinkin in anything,
0: and I do too. She's in Life After Failure. She was in a TV show that ended in 2019 called The Dead Girls Detective Agency.
1: Uh, I heard that was pretty good, but I never saw it.
0: That's probably huh. why it got canceled.
1: It is it's true. A lot,
0: Anthony? Quinn is played by Donna Malone, and Donna Malone now nope. started her no. Nope. What?
1: Quinn nope, played no, no. Yep, Donna yep, Malone.
0: Yep, I got it. I got it. I see that. Thank you. Donna Malone is played by Quinn Shepard. Quinn Shepard began acting at 15 and she was this was her first big movie. She was in the TV show Hostages, the movie My Zombie, the TV show Almost There.
1: She wrote and directed a movie for Hulu this year called Not Okay, which is like a dramedy. It was like a satirical dramedy. And that movie is one of in my top 10 of the year. It is, she. So the fact that really? she wrote and directed this, very talented.
0: Huh, okay. Wow. One of the workers at the airport, Zach, is played by Wilmer Valderrama. I feel like we should have covered him, but I don't think we have.
1: We haven't.
0: Best known as Fez from that 70s show. He is also on NCIS. He was on the TV show, The Ranch. From Dusk Till Dawn, the TV series, Grey's Anatomy. Oh, he's in the TV show Minority Report. Not the movie. The movie was way
2: better. Who even knew that was a thing?
0: He was on, it was a thing. Not a thing worth watching. He was on Raising Hope, Handy Manny, Royal Pains. (laughs) He had a voice on The Cleveland Show and yeah
2: he's Isabella's dad in Encanto
0: he is voicing Encanto and he was on The Sopranos
2: and I have feelings because it says in pre-production right now he's playing Don Diego de la Vega aka Zorro Zorro and like I I don't oh is like he playing
1: is in the movie the new well because it's not
2: TV series
1: yeah it's not traditional Zorro, it's like 21st century Zorro. So he's not gonna don the cape and everything. It's gonna be like yeah.
0: He's too short to be Zorro. He's too
1: bad an actor to be Zorro.
0: They're also they're also trying to bring back that they're trying another that show. They're doing that 90s show and he's in the pilot as Fez.
1: No yeah but they have the whole original cast of that. Which is stupid. I'm not a Wilmer
0: Valderrama fan. I'm
1: not. That's 70s show fan.
2: Girls that are entirely too young for him.
1: Uh, yeah, he's probably trying to model himself after Leo.
0: Next up, Beef. Timothy Beef Wellington is played by Brett Kelly.
1: He is someone we will definitely cover because he is in Bad Santa.
0: I'm trying. I've I've worked successfully keeping that off for five years, y'all. He was in the TV show. He was in Trick or Treat.
1: He He was in Trick or Treat.
0: Dead like me. He was on Masters of Horror, Supernatural, and he's in a TV show apparently now called Family Law.
1: Oh,
2: I wanted to watch that. It's got Marsha Gay Harden in it. I,
1: I love, love Marsha Gate Harden. I love Padgett Brewster, who we've covered before.
0: I do too. Yep.
1: We covered her on Friends, and when we did the Thanksgiving episode, she was Kathy. Have we covered Rob Cordry before? i feel like we should have but probably not i don't know that we have his face pops up in like everything
0: i don't see yeah he's he's does a lot of side roles in shows he's never really the act the star he was in
1: always the bridesmaid never the bride
2: office christmas party we've covered him
1: that was not even who I was thinking of. I was thinking of Rob Riggle. Never mind. But yes, Rob Corddry. I love
0: Rob Riggle. Yeah, but have
1: oh. we covered Rob Riggle before?
0: We I don't know, but I do know we've covered Cindy who is played by Jessica Walter.
1: Yes. Yes, we have. Lucille Bluth.
0: Rob Riggle, I don't think we've covered him. He again another he's done a lot of the Adam Sandler movies. And movies like the Adam Sandler movies?
1: What's your favorite Rob Riggle?
2: I mean, right now it's um, that dumb golfing show with Steph Curry. He just makes me laugh. I don't care. He can be in anything, any deadpans, and it makes me laugh.
1: I loved him on Booze Cruise of The Office. I am your host, Captain Jack, and I'm regional manager of Dunder Mifflin, Michael Scott.
0: <laughs> I liked him. On, he did a lot of funny stuff on Fenner or Die back in the day. He was a, he played Teddy Roosevelt and J. Edgar Hoover on Drunk History. I feel like we always have to, to give shout outs to drunk history roles. J.
1: Edgar Hoover. Always.
0: Oh, and he trolled, he always trolled Phil Dunphy on Modern Family. Yep. That was funny stuff. And this
1: movie had a lot of cameos from people, Mindy,
0: especially comedians
1: Mindy Kaling, uh, BJ Novak,
0: David Koshner. David yeah.
1: Koshner, Kristen Wig, Al Roker was himself in this movie.
0: Kevin Plus Mc- you had like three of the kids Kevin in the McDonald's. hall were in it as well. Tony yep. Hale. Oh. Tony Hale. Yeah. That's right. It was a pretty rad cast. Mm-hmm.
1: I, again, I want to know pretty what blackmail. Which movie studio did this? Oh, WB.
0: We open up and we're in the mm-hmm. airport and there's a family. Right? Yeah. Paget Brewster is taking her kids through the airport. They're gonna go somewhere. They're getting on the plane to go see dad. Parents are through a divorce, which is a recurring theme for a lot of these kids in, in unaccompanied minor. They end up, I don't even know, what's the name of the airport? Some fictitious airport.
1: Yeah, I remember. Hoover International Airport. Hoover,
0: Intra- yep, I just, thank you. I just found it too. Hoover International Airport. And when they get here, the weather takes a turn for the worst, for the worst. We see the, I don't really understand what his role is or what he does. He's the director of passenger, whatever. Mm-hmm. I don't know enough about the workings of an airport to know if it's the real role or not, but Lewis Black's character, getting ready to yeah. leave. He's going on his first vacation at Christmas in 15 years. And he's going to Hawaii. And just as he's walking to that door.
1: There's a blizzard.
0: They announced that the flight to Hawaii has been canceled. Shortly after this, all the flights are canceled, which is a really bad day, right? You're getting ready to go on vacation. You're excited. You get to walk away from all of this.
1: Are you trying to justify his attempted violence against these children in a few minutes?
0: No, he's really a jerk though, because he's talking about how poorly he's going to treat everybody else because he's talking about how poorly he's going to treat everybody else. Because they have to serve him. And it's to be on Tom. Stuff. No, I am amazing. To Tom would me. never do that. <laughs> no, Tom treats service people really well. Because I've been a service person. And I know how awful of a job it is. Mm-hmm. Um, working in the service industry is just a terrible, terrible way to. to you could
1: say job. it. It's hell.
0: It is. It's, it's absolutely awful. But. So as he's bragging to all these people, they realize his flight's canceled, his mood changes immediately, and he's back at work now because (laughs) he's got an airport full of passengers who have nowhere to go. What I find interesting about this and unrealistic, of all the things to see that that are not realistic in this film, we're going to start with the fact that nobody is angry. Yeah, Mm -hmm. nobody. I've seen flights that are just delayed and there are inevitably angry people yelling at whoever they possibly can at a desk
1: mm-hmm.
0: and everybody here's just everybody's here so calm <laughs> so we have no angry anthony we have we have no passengers like that which i don't believe
1: nope me either
0: but they send out they send out zach to gather all the kids the unaccompanied minors and he tells them they're going to go to this fun place and they open up the room
1: it's, it's like crazy. a warehouse.
0: Yeah, it's like a storage yeah. space in the back of the airport. And it is just absolute mayhem. Children are going crazy. They're throwing things, attacking. It's. It reminded me very much of the
1: scene in Toy Story 3 when they came in to play with all the toys.
0: Oh, yeah. Um, for me, it was a... I was thinking of it as devolving quickly into a Lord of the Flies situation. Yep. And, and all I could think even about even watching
1: this is, I will never make my kid be one of these unaccompanied minors.
0: Well, what I'm wondering is, how did all of those kids get there that quickly? Because they just announced all these flights were closed, were canceled. And now they're bringing the kids back there, but it's already full of kids.
1: This is your biggest and- question in the movie?
0: No, 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 no. Just okay. so far.
1: Okay, okay. So
0: they, they, they go in and the adults are terrible caregivers, the children are going wild. all the children them.
1: are stereotypes. You have the smart kid, the bully, the rich girl, the tomboy. They're all stereotypes. The
0: fat kid. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We have the breakfast club.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, essentially.
0: Um, so they're all they're all here in this place, and somehow this this small group of people connect and they're going to get out and they break out and what do they do one of them steals the golf cart that drives around one of them goes to the spa she uses her her platinum travel to go into the high the high flyers club that's grace she's a rich one she's rich Mm -hmm. that's grace and she's in there when she gets caught Then you have our Jesse Eisenberg gets all the food. Fake Jesse Eisenberg gets he orders. uh, Spencer orders copious amounts of food. Uh,
2: They get heart attack special.
0: They get they get caught. Yeah, and he ordered what he ordered everything his mom wouldn't let him usually eat. And Mindy Kaling, the waitress, is like, my mom never let me have fried mozzarella sticks, so he does two orders of those. (laughs) <laughs> i'm like if you're this lady and this kid's ordering all this food and you don't have the slightest like hey you got money for this yeah yeah you you kind of deserve what you get but he didn't touch the mozzarella sticks he left him he clearly
1: minute. never saw home alone
0: right never which
1: came <laughs> out was it 14 years earlier 13 yeah, years man. earlier
0: it's the the mall the mall the airport is not decorated for Christmas. Uh, a lot of airports don't Spencer's Spencer's sister just wants a Christmas tree. So for whatever reason, wait, does Brett Kelly go for that now? Yeah. Brett Kelly, the kid who's been bullied, the, the over, overweight kid who's been bullied.
1: Well, no, said, I don't think that happens now. First, the kids are sent to the lodge, right? And that's, oh, that's going. Right.
0: So, so they all go back they all get caught and go back and we find out that all the kids who stayed in the room and were good quote unquote go to stay in this fancy lodge these bad kids lewis black decides for whatever reason he is going to dole out punishment and traps them there in all separate rooms mm-hmm. but doesn't take away their walkie-talkies that they have to communicate with each other they short circuit out the camera so it looks like they're still there Lewis Black has guards outside of the door and he's watching them on camera in every room to make sure they don't do anything. Well, that's later.
2: The first time they get out is when they trick Wilmer Valderrama into leaving and they stick a broom in the door and they're able to then get out again.
0: But that's when she went, that's when she got caught at the the spa. He got, he got caught after eating all the food.
1: And all I can think watching this is this takes place in a post 9-11 world. Not even that long post 9-11. We're talking five years, and airport security is super lax.
0: I don't think maybe you traveled into smaller airports much. I was flying into Latrobe at this time in Pennsylvania. It was pretty lax. I think a lot of this could have happened at Latrobe. Like when I got when I went to Latrobe like, and granted, like I was flying either Latrobe or Pittsburgh every year. Pittsburgh was intense, but Latrobe was like, you know, guy with a Who buck cares? knife, guy with a buck knife for security. Yeah. I think the Royal Mounted Police would have been more intimidating than anything they had there.
1: Yeah, the Royal Mounted Police actually are pretty intimidating.
0: They're so friendly though.
1: Yeah. Until you,
0: but I've never done anything wrong around Royal Mounted Police.
1: Mm-hmm. Don't get locked in the drunk tank for a night. Sorry. I that has not had that has not happened to me. That was a joke. I am not that much <laughs> of a ruffian.
0: <laughs> you only get drunk in your own city. That <laughs> um, so they all sneak out, and the for whatever reason, at the same time, all of the cameras that are playing this loop that they've somehow figured out how to make happen. Well, let's talk
1: about Spencer's motivation here, right? Because they're going to spend Christmas locked up. He knows his sister believes in Santa because who doesn't? But he thinks if they're locked up in this room and she doesn't get a gift from Santa, her faith in him will be shaken. So he wants to find a gift for her that she can open the next morning that Santa brought her.
0: Yes. So he asks the other kids.
1: Yep to help
0: and so they're all gonna help and brett kelly the or i'm sorry that's his actor's name beef sneaks off and he's going to find a christmas tree and this was one part that really made me laugh when gray says we're never gonna see him again are we and they all just shake their head (laughs) that he's just gone and he's this weird kid who plays with an aquaman doll all the time
1: And this is before Aquaman was cool, so this is how you know this kid was a loser.
0: Is Aquaman cool?
1: Nowadays, because James Wan had the foresight to cast Jason Momoa instead of a pansy blonde dude in a scuba outfit. Scuba Steve. Yeah, but Beef keeps having these like he keeps thinking about what his yeah stepfather told him: men are made, not born. So you know what drives him.
0: Yeah, he wants to be a real man. And his dad is Todd Packer. who plays. Which
1: does this guy, guy, we've mentioned this every time he's come up on the show. Does he play the same guy in everything he does or what?
0: He's, ne- he's never yeah. likable. Never likable. So kid's going to get a Christmas tree. He shows up at a Christmas tree lot that's somehow right by the airport. Pretty convenient the guy offers him this little puny thing and he's like what do i look like charlie brown and (laughs) the guy knows he doesn't have money tells him you don't have money and he pulls out his aquaman to get a tree somehow i don't i don't really understand how all that's working but they're all going around the airport and trying to find their way out to get to the resort during this time i also find there's gonna be this warehouse sale first ever whether it's going to auction off or you have an opportunity to buy all of the unclaimed baggage, which is that a thing? What do they do with unclaimed baggage? Anybody know? No, I, I think, it's a thing. I think there
1: is a thing. They give you a certain amount of days to claim it. And if not, it becomes airport property. And I think they do hold auctions and stuff.
0: How do I buy this? Great idea. one.
1: Right. Like what if you did like, you know, how sometimes people buy the storage units site unseen yeah. and come across some really valuable crap in it.
0: Yeah. The kids they, they end up sneaking out, they slide down the hill, they're all in a canoe.
1: This was but- a scene I always remembered from the trailers and commercials. I feel like this scene was in all of them where they're sliding down the snowy hill.
0: Something about it just feels like they were ripping it off of National Lampoons. Yep. Yeah.
1: And as we all know, while not a fan of that scene in Christmas Vacation, I will obviously watch that scene 20 million times over before this one.
0: That's a lot of times to watch it, Anthony. I mean... How long is that scene? I want to figure out how much time you just committed to watching that one scene from a movie.
1: Considering how much air time it gets and I'm an insomniac and stuff, seen- I probably have watched it that many times.
0: Mm-hmm. So, this is really dumb. One of the security officers gets goes down the hill in a tire and ends up rolling and then we see... Louis black in a canoe with his paddle this whole scene yeah. was just stupid they end up getting down to the lodge the kids get in they think they made it they think they've arrived and here comes lewis black and he's cranky and angry
1: so he's lewis black
0: yeah <laughs> yeah he's <laughs> lewis black and so they have to go back to the airport Louis Black had said he would concede that he lost, that the kids won, and congratulate them if they could escape, and they did. So when he gets back, the kids are planning something. He comes up and asks them what they're planning. They're not going to tell him, but they tell him it's good. And do y'all remember what Spencer gave Oliver? What Christmas gift he gave to Jack or Louis Black?
2: It's a little precious moments uh, snow globe where it is a hula girl inside
0: and it makes him happy we see a Linus moment he has a change of heart these kids aren't bad yes the kids are decorating for christmas in comes beef with a big tree surprises everybody they decorate it um early the next morning everybody in the airport is asleep and i do mean every passenger is asleep and calm the also kid, not realistic the kids start ringing a bell And on the arrival screen, it says, The North Pole has arrived. (laughs) So they're ringing a bell. They wake everybody up, bring them to this set up, this Christmas tree, and all these gifts they have set up that they got from the unclaimed baggage. Spencer's sister comes and hugs him. He's excited. Everybody's happy. We're celebrating the season. And who walks in? Santa. Santa Claus. Who could this be? But who is dressed as Santa? oh could that be lewis black it is his change of heart he is now dressed as santa and sits down and starts giving all the kids presents from unclaimed baggage the the, the other story we didn't tell this time spencer's dad is is a very left-leaning concerned about the environment person who drives around in a. he makes me battery.
1: look like a conservative
0: he drives around in a car powered by vegetable by used oil hmm and he's driving to see his kids in this converted volvo he he stops somebody slams on their brakes and a christmas tree goes through his windshield he's talking to the guy who owns the 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 wrecker service that mm-hmm. that picked up his car the guy only has one vehicle he can loan him and he's going to loan him a new h1 hummer he doesn't want to take it cuz of the gas mileage he's like it goes to- we'll see how much you love your kids or something like that he gets mm-hmm. in he drives it there is a funny joke about the fact that in the short trip he has to fill up five times and he maxed out his credit cards on the hammer mm-hmm. but he makes it to his kids he's there he's there on christmas they celebrate Grace, who's going home to nobody to be by her. Yeah, we,
1: ne- we didn't talk about Grace's story. So she was basically sent off to boarding school by her parents. And now that she finally came home, she was essentially emancipated. So she just spends all her time drifting from airport to airport. So they mm-hmm. invite her to spend Christmas with them, which is very sweet.
0: Yep. So she's going to go back and spend Christmas with them.
1: And uh, did you say Charlie and Donna shared a little kiss?
0: Uh, that was not a little kiss. That was a very aggressive kiss. <laughs> Ch- uh, Donna, our tomboy, kisses Charlie, and he talks about how hot that is, and um, gives them his gives him her number, and they're going to talk. Yeah. The end. All's well, ends well. That's the end of the movie.
1: All's well, that ends well.
0: I liked the end.
1: And then after it ended, I looked at the clock, and I was like, "Holy crap!" this movie is only 87 minutes
0: tell us what you yeah, liked about the long end longer. who me yeah julia
1: okay
0: um i mean i like that we got
2: um backstory as to why lewis black doesn't like christmas because him and his wife separated and ever since she left he hasn't been in any, any kind of christmas mood we've talked about that in lots of other christmas movies right it can bring up bad feelings as well as good feelings and I like that the kid um I can't think of his real name all I see is literally Jesse Isaac that's it Spencer. all I see
0: I thought Spencer
2: it was <laughs> oh my gosh we see that Spencer I mean he seems really sympathetic to the I mean he has to be sympathetic to the plight because his own parents were divorced and so him wanting to um not ruin Christmas for his sister as well as ha- not leave this villain to just be a villain and I appreciated that because the 90s movie again I thought this was a 90s movie could have just left him as a villain right Mm
1: -hmm. he
2: could have just been a bad guy a one-note bad guy he ended up not being a one-note bad guy even though the note that he was wasn't as good as it could have been and I liked that the bratty girl who was my least favorite you know had a change of heart as well
1: that was my favorite part of the movie
2: yeah and I like seeing um everybody hates Chris like victorious in moments, which made me happy. And I thought That's the true. line where she calls him out on why he likes to crawl into tiny spaces because he feels alone and it makes him feel secure was a good call out. And I don't know, these kids mm-hmm. all grew, um, which I appreciated. And the ending was just nice, you know? So I kind of redeemed the whole stinky movie.
0: My favorite line in it is when Donna punches Charlie in the crotch for touching her. And he says, Oh, that's gonna hurt when I pee.
2: I liked the kid. So I love kids in the hall. I've always loved kids in the hall. And I liked when they were playing um musical chairs in the hallway. Mm-hmm. And the first round that they play, they forget to take a chair out. And he goes, oh, well, we gotta take a chair out. It's just that quiet Canadian humor.
1: Yep. Really, made me laugh. I like Charlie. Like I said, I thought he was my favorite character. I liked what, uh, you know, goody two shoots he was. And when they were breaking all the rules, he was so worried about the fact that, oh my God, college isn't going to accept me with a criminal record. No college, Harvard isn't going to accept me with a criminal record.
0: <laughs> I like Charlie so much. I did too. Charlie, I think, was my favorite. I didn't like the security guards tormenting the dog either, who was obviously upset.
2: Yeah, that was not okay. But I mean that got theirs in the end. So that was good.
0: They did when they
1: let out Cujo. Did you think this movie uh felt very Christmassy
0: minus the ending? The music, yes. The music was great. Yeah.
2: Yeah, the music was good, but atmosphere-wise, no, when you're in a when you're in a airport that specifically called out it was (laughs) de-decorated undecorated because the guy hates christmas like you're going to miss elements of that for sure but the little parts you got with paget brewster and terry gar which we mentioned that was terry gar um christmas all over the place right yeah but you don't see much of that and you're not in a christmasy mood when you're looking at it because she's stressed about you know her kids but the, the end was nice. Him giving toys away, and him giving a toy that basketball. The what's his face that y'all like so much? why can't I think of his name. Tony Hale. Yeah, Tony Hale. Um, that was sweet.
1: I'm very much looking forward to uh, Inside Out this. Two, where Lewis Black is going to have a bigger role because it's about her going through those teenage puberty years. So of course, oh. anger is going to have a bigger bigger role.
0: <laughs> I'm very excited about the new movie starring Tony Hale, Hocus Pocus 2.
1: <laughs> nope. He has a role in the present and the past.
0: All right. I don't think we have a lot of quotes. Not a very quotable movie.
1: Nope. Does he want to, like, do your best impression of all the screaming?
0: No, yeah, it's I don't. quite a bit of screaming. Anthony would win, and I'm okay with that. <laughs>
1: unless we want to do our best of lewis black impressions
0: oh that's what, I, that's what i thought you meant
1: could you imagine a movie starring lewis black and may he rest in peace gilbert gottfried as the two leads with those two voices oh. that would be a lot
0: <laughs> i'm coming in at a three that's what
2: i was feeling too
0: a three
1: I am coming in at rock hard zero. A zero? I will never watch this film
0: again. All right, that gives it a one point. Uh, That gives it a two. 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 Wow, Anthony. I'm getting the impression this wasn't your favorite movie. I mean, what would give you that impression? I don't know. This falls
1: just under Meet Me in St. Louis. That's a travesty to Meet Me in St. Louis.
0: And I didn't even like that movie. Well, let us know what you think. Visit us at linktree.com slash podcast, where you can find links to our Facebook group, our Facebook page, Twitter, LinkedIn, Instagram, and Reddit. Any of those places. Let us know how you feel about this movie. Were we too harsh? Was there something that we missed? Yeah. Let us know what you think. If you need additional content, knowing that we are hitting, that we are now in the burr months and heading into spooky season, where can you get additional content to f- scratch that itch, Anthony?
1: Patreon. Tisapodcast.com. Patreon or patreon.com. Tisapodcast or linktree.com. Tisapodcast, where you can also access it. For as little as a dollar per month, you can get full-length bonus episodes. You'll get one episode a week. Um in your feeds uh, come October. Lots of good stuff, lots of exciting guests you've heard before on the main show, including Matt Spaulding, Jay Skipworth, Ron Hogan. Um, so
0: I feel like we should oh, say yeah. Jerry D, even though he's not on the schedule, he's just going to show up at some point. <laughs> Jerry <laughs> D. And if you want to hear more, Anthony, stay tuned for go download the most recent episode
1: of Nope. I don't know if it dropped yet. Keep an eye on the Totally Rad Christmas feeds where uh, me and Jerry D redid the uh, Time Life Christmas album with different 80s. It's different cover. I can't
0: wait. I cannot wait.
1: So that was fun. Oh, and it was really fun because Jerry D's brother, real life brother, did it with us too. And that was my first time meeting him, and he was really cool.
0: His brother from the same mother? Yep. So check
1: it out. And Tom, don't we have something exciting
0: that people might be able to order soon? I keep thinking they will, but they they still can't. Soon you will have Mm -hmm. access to order a handy dandy hand thrown limited edition tis the Podcast mug. I will work to get those up this weekend so they will be available to you by the time this drops. Uh, we don't really have a plan for next week yet, do we? Yes, we do. We are covering Remember...
1: Oh, because you're in California. So we may be on a bridge next week, or are you going to be able to record? I don't know yet. Stay tuned next week. You may either get uh, old episode We may do retry. something new.
0: You <laughs> may get something new. You may get something um, from Patreon. And if you're not a Patreon subscriber, it'll be new to you. The following week, <laughs> we are doing the Netflix series. Merry, happy, whatever. Go ahead and start watching that now, y'all. And let us know what you think. We'd love to share some opinions from listeners. And the week after
1: that, start Spooky Mom. And I'm just going to, you know, we're covering Halloween Town 2, Hocus Pocus 2, Scream 2, The Muppets Haunted Mansion with Mike Westfall of Advent Calendar House, and Halloween 2018 with Jay
0: Skipworth and Ron Hogan of Filmstrip Podcast. Hey, y'all, we need your help. Everybody go on to Kimberly J. Brown's Instagram, Twitter, whatever you possibly can, and tell her to join Tis the Podcast to talk about Halloween to- Town 2, Calabar's Revenge. If you don't know this, she is engaged to her her co-star of that film all these years later, and they're now getting married. But we would <sighs> love to have Kimberly J. Brown. I've tried for years, I never get a response. You help. Them. I I also need your help listeners
1: because Mike Westfall, Jay Skipworth, and Ron Hogan are coming on the end of October. Julia and Tom think they can slack off a bit and don't have to do their research That's for the goodness. podcast. Those
0: are good tell weeks. Them, tell them those are good weeks. <laughs>
1: tell them, no, we want to hear from you. You guys are the novices for the well, not Muffets,
0: but Halloween. So check it out. No, they don't want to hear from us, they want to hear from the experts.
2: Yeah. They're perfectly fine with our unresearchedness.
0: Y'all, two thousand six hundred sixty-four hours until the big day. That's one hundred eleven days. Fifteen. Fifteen weeks. We are under four months, y'all.
2: Fifteen Mondays until of, Christmas.
0: Kind of, just making me nervous now. Like that. Nerve. Yeah.
1: Like, I'm thinking of, like, all the shopping I still have to do. I'm thinking of the big house clean I'll have to do before decorating for Christmas. Like, it's getting yeah. odd to now.
2: Gabe um, was all, I think this weekend. This weekend we need to decorate for Halloween. At least inside. And I'm like, I could probably get behind that.
1: Before we go, I forgot to bring this up at the top of the episode julia what have you convinced gabe to do this year for his christmas light show in honor of his honorary uncle in new york
2: okay so we were driving and we were picking dinner up one night and gabe likes to talk in the car which is one of my favorite things ever so he was like what shows should i put in my christmas show what songs should i put in my christmas show and i was like well i mean you've got to have um, christmas in sarajevo right um Trans-Siberian orchestra. Cause that's great for a light show. I'm like, then you could do like grandma got run over by a reindeer. That might be kind of fun. People might sing along to that one. he's like, oh, that's a good idea. I'm like, you definitely need to Carol all the bells somewhere in there. And he's like, I've got to Carol all the bells in there. It's gonna be great. And I was like, you know how you could really make Anthony like the happiest person on the planet. And he was like, how? Cause he's genuinely interested in making both of y'all the happiest people on the planet, by the way. Um, I was like, you should put Christmas and Hollis in it. And he's like, what is Christmas in Hollis? And I was like, it's a Christmas song by Run DMC. And I was like, and not only would Uncle Anthony be like the happiest thing ever, but you were going to get so many 90s kids that are parents driving by the house and they're going to stop and linger because nobody puts Christmas in Hollis in their light show.
1: So is he going to do it?
2: Well, he pulled it up on YouTube. He's like, there's not bad words in this is there. (laughs) I was like, no there are not bad words in all rap songs, my white child. Um, so he listened to it and he's like, you know what I really need? I need one of those singing Santas, like the, you know, the lights that makes it look like Santa's <laughs> singing. He's like, that's really what I need for this song because he's rapping for so long. And I was like, That's true. So we'll see. You might see that as a, as a detriment have a singing Santa, and he doesn't have the money. Tell
1: Gabe if he does it, though, he must live stream it for me.
2: Oh, he would absolutely.
1: And also, Tom, tell Ellie before whenever you ship out our Christmas gifts that she would make my Christmas if I opened it
0: and found an autograph from her inside of it. You're gonna get a full signed card from her. <gasps> awesome. I got an amazing text today from a friend of mine that I used to work with. They are a person rain leander said that said quote i still sing jingle bells every night to the twins hashtag you're welcome oh that made me so happy that's so sweet that is sweet they're instilling in their children such a love for christmas and it makes me happy mm-hmm. awesome. bye bye y'all